What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. You associated your brand with the mission, it seems like. Exactly. It's all about the mission. Like, it, it's, it's about the impact. Like, I always talk about impact over income. It's yeah. about the impact. So, I want, like, I don't want to make a million dollars. I want to touch a million people. Do you then, like, want people to love you the way that all the hoe girls love you? Because they come the at you the girls. Welcome. Welcome to the Singles Mansion, first edition, first season. Oh! oh God. <laughs> but I think that's gonna stick with them. That's crazy. Yeah. Look, just because you're talking about, don't make no. Is it nothing? What's happening? No captain. We A.O. About to get a play. Oh, pull up to the table. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Welcome back to the table. It's a new kind of situation because your boy actually decided to take the table onto the road. You know, we came out here to the beautiful city of Atlanta. I have a lot of friends out here who are doing a lot of major things. And instead of me asking for them to come up to Nashville, Tennessee, I just told my team, let's go down to Atlanta. Get me a nice little table. Get me some water. Hold on. Mm. And let's just have a conversation there. So today we are in the beautiful city of Atlanta. We'll be here for the rest of this month and also December. Uh, and so I'm excited about it. Uh, so listen, uh, today I am really I am really excited because while I was doing some research for today's show, um, I found out that uh, most people during COVID last year turned to the Internet to do their shopping. Of course, because we were not allowed to go out. You didn't feel safe going out there. So we were like, yo, you know what? Let's just shop online. Amazon made a lot of money, but so did some other people. Customers spent, check this out, over $861 billion online with U.S. retailers in 2020. And in the global retail e-commerce sales, okay, these are online shops, Serves up to 27.6% during the year of 2020. So e-commerce, I asked my boy, I said, yo, is that, that, I can officially say this is like online only, right? So online people, okay, are expected to keep growing. One of the fastest growing small types of business are online businesses. These are your influencers who are doing classes, who are doing courses, who are launching online boutique stores. Uh, these are influencers who are using their influence to sell particular products only online. This is the rising small type of small businesses. So people are making millions, and I mean this, millions of dollars, not just within one year. I have a guest today that made a million dollars in a month. I know people here in Atlanta who made a million dollars in one day just from online marketing and doing an online business. So I asked my friend, I asked my friend, Corey 
Arvinger, Corey Arvinger, A-R-V-I-N-G-E-R, not Corey, Avenger. He's not an Avenger. Now, he's a beast, uh, but he ain't that strong yet. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> so I asked my boy Corey uh, to come by to the table today to have a conversation with us. Y'all, Corey is an e-commerce entrepreneur, a guru, and a media strategist uh, with a knack for marketing and branding. Okay, he is the co-founder and CEO of Support Black Colleges, uh, the clothing brand, which I mean, celebrities are wearing. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Uh, his sole mission. This is what I love. He took his his passion. He took his mission and he took a part of his story and turned it into a business online to uplift, to inspire and to encourage black people to attend HBCUs. He's a socialist. He's just killing the game. Y'all, can y'all help me welcome to the table, my boy, Corey. What's up, brother? Come on, go to that show, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, the boy. Oh, the boy. You, you, come on now. You slick today, dog. Well, I, I knew he was going to wear the Gucci, so I had to come with something. I, had, well, I, mean, you know, I mean, you got the Jordans. You know, you know what I'm saying? Slight see, cozy fit. But see, I don't have my own brand that I can wear right now. It's coming. <laughs> you are the brand. You ain't got to wear it. You Listen, man, I am a brand, but I need to make some money from my brand, you know, like you. <laughs> you get into it, please. Yo, man, let's, let's get straight into it. Let's do it. Because uh, here at the table, man, we don't, we don't really like a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. I'd like to start off the table by introducing you to uh, my tribe, Int- introducing you. Like, who, who is Corey at yeah. the core before we get into, you know, the million-dollar brain that you have? Sure. Uh, so tell the people, who is Corey? Yeah, man. Corey is just, uh, uh, you know, a guy that came from North Carolina. I'm from Greensboro, a small city. For real? Uh, I didn't know that, bro. Yeah. So I grew up in Fayetteville. Oh, wow. Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Fayetteville's finest. Oh, that, that, that's why you the boy, dog. Okay. Yeah, no, we yeah. really family, baby. That's what I'm talking about. I'm from okay. Greensboro, yeah. All right. Did you go to I, high school in Fayetteville? I did, went to Southview High School. Okay, it's okay. Cool. So, you know, most people know like Laney or yeah. uh, the school like that, but... Yeah, because um, you know J Cole went to Fayetteville. Yeah. You know, seventy first. Seventy first. Know? We used to play seventy first. Yeah, in yeah, high school. Yeah, and, and everyone wanted to play seventy first because you didn't want to play Southview because we we were the truth when it came. Uh, to oh, football. okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't know. I, I didn't. Get I mean, number. I know you didn't know because I never made it to the championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm from right. Greensboro, man. Okay. You know, a lot of people from Greensboro don't leave Greensboro. Like, True. We tend to stay there forever. I mean, yeah. I can go home today and. I can find certain people still. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I grew up in a single parent home. Okay. And um, kind of coming up, I always realized like my mom was a teacher and then like we'll work another job at night. Wow. And I used to like hate seeing that. And wow. I think that um, it really just built something in me to just be a provider and take care yeah. um, of family and friends and just in general. And so um, I began just having this like hustler mentality. Uh, my grandpa was an entrepreneur before I knew what an entrepreneur really was. Um, he had his own store and he used to like help people around the neighborhood. So I took a lot of that from him. Wow. Um, and you know, overall, I'm just a fun loving person. Yeah. Um, I love giving back. I love, uh, sharing knowledge and engaging with people. Yeah. And I love, uh, sports. I'm a huge basketball fan. Basketball. Being from North Carolina, you kind of got to love Absolute. basketball. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I just, every day I just try to live life to the fullest. Like when people ask me about like what I do or who I am, I just, I'm just trying to appreciate every single day that I'm here and make the most out of every single day, no matter what that is I'm doing. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. So grew up in a single family home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you say um, single family wealthy, single family humble beginnings, single family or maybe somewhat in the middle? Yeah. You know, my mom did a real good job of not letting us see if we were doing great or bad. So I didn't even, you know what's crazy? I told somebody this one time and they don't, they didn't believe me. I said, I didn't even realize I grew up in a single parent home until I was like in high school. Like I didn't even like, it didn't, I didn't like. It didn't register. Yeah. Like I knew my mom was just there, but I, I never was like, where's my dad at? I never like thought like that. Because of my mom was making we it all good. happen. We were good. Like I was comfortable. You know, me and my sister never like struggled, um, at least. From what I could see. Okay. Um, and then I started understanding, okay, well, she works two jobs. Okay. Then I started as I got older, but it hit me when I was like, uh, at a birthday party, like I was like eighth or ninth grade and somebody was like, um, you know, some asked me about my dad and I was like, mm. I never, I never thought about that. Wow. It was so, I told my mom when I got home, I'm like, yeah, nobody ever asked me that. I didn't even know how to answer it. Yeah. So we had a conversation, obviously, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think we were, I would say we were like middle class. Um, probably like lower middle class, if I had to guess. Um, But we lived in an apartment most of my life until I got to high school. Then we bought a townhouse. And, you know, 
from the outside, everything looked good. Uh, me and my sister always worked, yeah. and that was choice. I didn't want my mom to pay for my phone bill. I didn't want her to have to pay for, you know, my basketball sneakers or whatever. So I always worked, and so did my sister. So yeah, yeah, cool. So you know, when people look up, you know, you and your business support black colleges, clearly it's a huge success now. I mean, we see you um, have a partnership with the NBA for the NBA game. Uh, in, in, what's that? Two K. Yeah, 2K and All-Star. Actually, and two All-Star. separate deals. Two separate deals. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, we see celebrities wearing your stuff. So before we get into that, this multi-million dollar business that you built, how old are you? I'm 29. And and, and you're not single anymore, right? Not got- anymore. Not, not technically. I'm technically you're single, single, but you're yeah. not single. Yeah, me and my mom had this conversation. Yeah, I'm I feel you. Single, I feel you. I feel you. I'm not single. I feel you. Yeah, because mama say, "Well, you're single until you're married, <laughs> exactly. baby." Exactly. But you know, in this generation now, you single if <laughs> if you call me a woman. <laughs> okay. So, exactly. ladies, black man, very successful, wealthy, built a business, but stay out his DM because he don't want you. I don't want no problems. No problems. I don't want no smoke. Okay. He, no smoke. Because I, 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 I seen it. I seen this lady. She looked like she will give him <laughs> and you the smoke. <laughs> so okay, 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 okay. So before we get into to to um, you know the the business side of things, because you're going to teach us some things today. Where did the passion come yeah. when it comes to support black colleges? Like, yeah. Because I'm gonna be real with you. I have some people watching this right now who are white. Mm-hmm. Saying, oh, black colleges. Why is everything got to be about black? Black, black, black. And I, I get that question asked all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I really want to break this down from an educational perspective. Yeah, where did your where did your passion um, and drive for supporting black colleges, HBCUs, come from? Yeah. So for people who don't know, HBCUs were created when we couldn't go to the other schools. So it only was started because we couldn't go, not because we wanted to be different or stand out or whatever. It was because this was a white school, so we built our own institutions so that we could go to school and learn. Yes, sir. So that's just the uh, that's the most simple, basic way to say that. Okay. Um, for me, my mom went to Howard, um, and I really didn't know what that meant. Okay. Uh, and one thing I love about my mom is she allowed me to make my own decisions all throughout my life. Mm. So she never, like, pushed it on me. If it was meant for me, I would go. If not... I wouldn't go. And so I got into uh, two or three schools, uh, Carolina, Duke, and Howard. I didn't really apply to a lot of schools. Wait, 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 wait. Carolina? hmm Jordan? Yeah, Michael Jordan. Duke? That was my favorite school. Duke. And Howard? And Howard. Mm-hmm. But you was in Greensboro, and you skipped over A&T? It was too close. Too close too to close home. home. I-, I knew I wanted to get away. Um, Duke and Carolina were about an hour away. But- Absolutely. But up in the Rod Dorm area. He was like 15 minutes. Like I, everybody wants to go to AT though. Every the Aggie Pride is it's serious. It's next level. And it was almost annoying. It almost turned me off. It's that prideful. For real. Yeah. Especially as a high school student who didn't know much. I'm like, why do I keep yelling Aggie Pride and wearing blue and gold? And all it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, and Howard right now, you know, got uh, you know, the mother of all mothers over there now, the dean of students. We do. We we yeah. we I mean, the alumni are just next level. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole episode right there. But, that is, that is. You know, um, so what made you choose Howard over yeah. Duke, mm-hmm. over Carolina? Everybody always asks that. <laughs> you know what's funny? So I did something called the smile test, and that's when you go on campus. I did it too, like, bro. Yeah. So you know about the smile test. You just go along. You smile. You smile. See how uh-huh. people respond to you. Yeah. At Duke, um, I didn't really get a response, you know, and, <laughs> And I, I you saw, got a response, yeah, but not the response that you yeah, needed. I got to a get. response, which most of the time was no response, um, or like "Don't look me in my eyes," you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And also, I didn't see many many people that looked like me. Mm. Um, very few people that looked like me. Mm. And me going to a, a white, predominantly white high school. I graduated with a class of eighty eight kids. I went to a private school. Okay. And I was one of like five black kids that graduated in wow. my class. Wow. I didn't want that same experience. I knew that Duke would be similar. I really just applied because everybody else was applying at my school. That oh, we're going to Duke. I'm, I'm, I can apply there too. Okay. And then um, so I went to Howard as well. And it's crazy because I, I never actually stepped foot on Howard's campus before I got there. Wow. Never went. I saw it when I was younger. Right. But like you know, I don't. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So I really knew I just didn't want to go to Carolina and Duke. So I chose a third option. I got you. And so when I the first day I got on campus. It was crazy. I had I hadn't been to DC in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was just so many black people. Like yes. 
our music was blasting. My favorite hip hop songs was on. Like people moving bins, just jamming. Everybody wearing yeah. the same colors and yeah. chanting stuff. I'm like, yo, this is where am I at? Like, right. I felt like I was like in a whole other world coming from Greensboro. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember I don't see this often. So my mom, my mom always says, man, your eyes are wide open, wide open, yeah, bro. So I'm moving in, and then I, we go to the yard for like the first um, step show, pep rally, okay. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, step shows, talent shows. And I'm seeing all these beautiful black women. I'm like, man. Yes, sir. I'm like, man, you can leave, you can leave now. Right. <laughs> I'm good. good. I can tell she's a little worried about like, right. I'm, I'm good. I promise you. Right. So, um, you know, it, the passion came from, I, I only could imagine how many students don't know that exist. Okay. Like how many high school kids don't know that HBCs exist and then the magnitude of how they exist. We're not just there. Right. We're excelling in all levels. Yes. And so, um, you know, I was like, man, I have to find a way to spread awareness about HBCs without it being like, oh, here's a college fair. or here's this mm-hmm. like the typical stuff that's quote unquote boring. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can do it through clothing. Mm-hmm. People love clothes. I know how to put some colors together. I'm like, okay, at designing. And I, it all started with just a basic t-shirt that I wore that said support black college. Not even this logo. It was just, wow. Just said support. You black just colleges. support. Yeah. That's it. Literally just words. And I wish I could find a shirt. I like never, I need to figure out if I could find it, but it all started with that. And people were like, Oh, where'd you get that shirt? And I'm like, Oh, I made it. Wow. Oh, where'd you get that? And so, you know, me. People enough people ask. I'm like, oh, I'm about to make some more. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, about, yeah. I'm about to go to the to the local print shop because you know back then I didn't know what I was doing, so I was paying twenty dollars per shirt, which is completely idiotic. Great. But you know I didn't know, and um, it was around homecoming time where I really started the business, and the amount of people that asked and really wanted support was like, man, this is really needed, and people actually enjoy the brand. So this that's when we got more into like the actual this could be a business versus a hobby. That's so good. That's so good. Um, I've been following you for a while, and I know you didn't actually complete school. Yeah. Uh, because you went through a little journey. Yeah. Real quickly, so, uh, talk to us about that journey. Yeah. So um, my sophomore year of school, so mind you, just so I can set the scene for you, I'm like vice president of school of business. Okay. I started an organization on campus. Yeah. I'm like super involved. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those students that knows all the staff. I, I'm the person that's best friends with the calf lady, the janitors, <laughs> the police. Because I understand the, the value of relationships. Yeah. And so I never paid for a meal plan. They always let me in for free. I never had to pay for events on campus. The, the cops always opened a side door for me. Like, that's yeah. the kind of relationships I had. Right. So one day, um, I'm swiping my card to get into the cafeteria. And the cafeteria lady's like, uh, your card didn't go through. And she's like, I'm going to let you through regardless. I know you be in here every day. But she's like, your card didn't go through. Just go check it out in the A building um, when, you, when you're done. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to the A building, and I'm like... You know, I tried to start my car in the calf and it didn't work. So they're like, oh, let me pull up your account. They pulled up my account and my account had been dropped. And so Howard, they used to do this thing called purging where like you're basically your account can get dropped without you knowing. Absolutely. And so um, I don't know whether I missed emails or uh, physical mail that went to my home address. I don't know how that ball got dropped, but essentially I didn't get approved for some grants and loans that I thought I was going to get approved for, like that I should have gotten approved for, we right. qualified right, for right. Um, so I turned, I didn't get, I, it was like a Pell Grant and something else. So just like that, like you're done. I was out of school right. just like that. They gave me like two weeks to get out of my dorm. They like, they were super like, you know, they, they worked then with we, me. Yeah. I was also the president of my dorm at the time. So they wasn't, I, I definitely stayed longer than I was supposed to. Okay. I, okay. That, that was relationships completely. After that, I started uh, staying with random friends in D.C., mm. and it just became something that was just too much for me. Like, I felt like I was a burden on people. I was sitting on people's couches. I had to wait for people to get home before I can get it. Like, it was just a lot of, like, it was a lot. So, um, eventually, I went back to North Carolina, um, and I set out my uh, sophomore year of college, and I wasn't able to come back because I owed $14,000. And so, um, you know, to me— when I first got home, I was extremely like just depressed, upset, sad. I went from being a man on campus to literally just being out like in a week. Like yeah, yeah. my, I didn't even know what to do. Like, what am I supposed to even do? And you know, when you're younger, you just, you think your life is over. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of just panicking. But um, what I did realize was that I'm like, you know what? At the time I had like 4,000 followers on Twitter. That's when I was using Twitter a lot. And, and Facebook, my Facebook was pretty um, highly engaged. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? If I could get everybody to give me $4, I can get back to school. Like, that's how I thought about it. I, I was like, everybody's give me $4, I'll get back to school. And it was literally, that was the most simple thought. 
So I got online. I was like, how do I make a website? How do I? I went on YouTube, figured out how to like collect money because GoFundMe wasn't a thing at this time. Mm-hmm. I found this company called Fundraiser, and it was spelled like F N D R Z R, something like that. <laughs> so I used that. I, I embedded the code onto my website that I made off, off of God knows what platform I used. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. And I made this video on my phone, and I said, "Hey, my name's Corey Arvinger. Like, if you could spend four dollars on McDonald's, if you could spend four dollars on Starbucks." You could spend four dollars on education. That was the exact. That was my exact wording, and I ran with that um, and started this campaign. So I remember my my first the first person who donated. Her name was Maxine Chapman. I'll never forget because it was a girl that was went to my school, and I'm like, yo, somebody really gave me money for school. Like somebody <laughs> who might be struggling with tuition themselves right. gave me four dollars. And as soon as I got that money, I knew that I had to complete it to the end. Wow. And so uh, it really motivated me to start going hard on the campaign. Yeah. And um, eventually the campaign got picked up by MTV. They yeah. wanted to do an um, a online, just talk about it. Um, that did well. So then they ended up inviting me to D.C. to film live or to film, not live, but film a, um, a episode on this thing they, they had called Random Acts of Kindness. OK. Which I didn't know at the time. That's what it was called because I, I wasn't supposed to know. But they're like, yeah, we just want to tell your story some more. Um, I got interviewed by Sway Calloway. Oh, so Sway, that's what's up. It was hella cool. We walked around campus. We talked and all of that. Towards the end of the interview, he's like, all right, we're going to go in this room. It's going to be the last part, and you'll go home. And then, you know, we'll try to raise you some more money. Cool. I was blessed to even be there. Right, right. Um, so I walk into the room, and everybody's like, surprise. And I'm whoa, like, whoa, whoa. And I told my mom, this is so funny. I told mom the first thing I thought was that I want a car. <laughs> like, like, why I thought you that? You walked no into a, 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 a classroom on college thinking you want a car. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, oh, what a crap in the world. I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I thought that. But just, it just me being a, a teenager. So I thought I want a car. I didn't. Um, and then they're like, welcome back, Corey. And it's all my friends. And my mom was there who wasn't with me in D.C. Mm. I remember her dropping me off at the airport. All right, I'll see you in a few days. And literally saw me the next day filming. Um, so they flew her out. I didn't know all of this. And then they had a check. It was a big check. And it said $12,000, right? Wow. So at this point, I had raised 8000 myself. Okay. 8000 in a few months. I was like, I'm doing pretty good. Right. They gave me twelve, and then this company called Salt and MTV, who partnered with Howard, matched it okay. for twelve thousand dollars. So I ended up getting twenty four thousand, and it brought my total to thirty two thousand. So um, I ended up getting the money, but you still didn't finish school. Yep. So I ended up and <laughs> yeah, the story gets better. And I'm going back to what? school, right? So I paid my back balance off, obviously. Okay. And I paid, you know, forward, forward. And so Howard is like anywhere from twenty four to forty thousand a year. Yeah, yeah. So. I know. You know that money wasn't going to last forever, which I knew. And so the lady who was over the um, admissions and students, I was like, yo, how do I make sure I don't get in this position again? Because yeah. I got the grades, like I'm doing well, like I'm involved. And she was like, I'll make sure you're never in this position again. Mm. I'll make sure you're never in it. We're going to take care of the finances. I'm like, cool, we're good to go. Y'all saw how much I did. I, I, I want to get back. I was willing to do it myself, right. but you all helped. Cool. The next year, which would have been my junior year, she actually ended up leaving the school. And that was my safety net for, you know, my finances. And when it was time for my my junior year, I paid up. I paid all of that. It was time for me to go back for my senior year. I didn't have the money to go back to school. And so I try. I was talking to people like so-and-so said this. Right. I'm like, yo, I showed them the MC, like this is what I did before. And they weren't really budgeting. Oh, we don't have to budget. Da, 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 da. And I'm like. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Because at this point, you're just basically telling me you don't want me here. Yeah. And you're not, you don't think that I'm a student that's valuable enough to, you know, finish school on on y'all's dime. Like, my grades are fine. Right. I started this. I did this. I do this. I do this. I can name you almost every staff person outside of this one building. Wow. And I was pulling on a lot of contacts and they were trying to help. And I was getting a little money here and there, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't $40,000, you know. So I ended up um, just stopping at work and I was like, I'm going to stack my bread and I'll just come back when I get my own money. That's what I started doing. But because I started stacking my own money and found Made you what I was money. good at, I was like, I can't go back. <sighs> so that's why I never finished school. <laughs> this is crazy, bro. I mean, so you go to an HBCU, you work your butt off to get through at least three years of school. Yep. You can't go back because you need to raise $40,000. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I have my thoughts on school. I think education is so important, but I think the cost of school sometimes it's not worth the education. Yeah, it's, it's getting difficult. It is. It's getting difficult. Um, especially when you have people like today making a million dollars on the internet. Yeah. Why am I going to school? With no to, education. Yeah, with no education. I mean, you know, why Why am I going to school? Why am I paying you $100,000, $200,000 to get a four-year degree to go make $60,000 a year? When I can go out here, bust my butt, learn a couple of things off of YouTube, mm-hmm. get connected with people like Corey mm-hmm. and go make six figures in one month just from selling the course. It's, you know, it's, it's really crazy because I love education. I yeah, believe yeah. in education, but I believe that it has to be refined and changed yeah. in order to keep up with the times. Like, why isn't there a social media ma- major? Why isn't there like certain, like, why is there not an e-commerce major? Why Ooh. not? Because if you're going to teach, teach what's teach really what's going relevant. on. Yeah. Like I'll, a lot of that stuff we talk about, I'm in, I'm in poli sci talking about something that I don't even care about. <laughs> Like, bro, I don't care about who started this and who did this because that's, that doesn't make sense for what I'm trying to do. And so um, I always tell people, I think you should go to college for your first one semester or one year. Mm-hmm. Get the experience, meet the friends, get the connections. And if you want to leave, then bounce, you know, have a plan. Right. Um, but one thing that uh, was brought to my attention is like people have business professors that don't own businesses. And to me, it's crazy to be like, oh, I'm a business teacher, but I'm like, oh, so what's your business? And they're like, oh, I don't have a business. I'm just reading from the book and I'm teaching you what I. So that's one thing that bothered me about education is like, you could have somebody that's teaching me business, but don't own a business or I've never have owned a never business. Owned a like business. you've only worked for somebody. So how can you tell me how to run a business and you don't know what it's like to run a business? Um, so I really would like to change some of the structures. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is a way to have education done the right way, but things have to be changed. And some people are so indoctrinated into old stuff that they're not willing to switch up how they do things. Well, let's get it. Let, let's, let's shift it up a gear. So you, you leave school, you start making all this money. Eventually you go back to, you know, support black colleges. Yeah. Uh, today to this day, give us a little snapshot of the success you have today. Mm-hmm. And then let's rewind and talk about, okay, how can someone else get there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, today, um, so I always say we're like working in about 10% of our total capacity, I think. Okay. Um, there are so many things that we haven't done, but now with our new transition, we just moved out of our warehouse. So we're now in the fulfillment center. Fulfillment which center. Which is going to allow me and Justin to only focus on marketing and branding and no shipping. So for the people watching us, explain what is a fulfillment center? Yeah. So at first we were doing everything in-house. Okay. So uh, we get an order, we fold, bag, ship, make all that, and then ship out. Yeah. 30 staff people, like it's, it was a whole. Wait, wait, wait. You had 30 staff? Yeah. And there was a point in time we had 30 staff. You, how old are you? I'm 29. And you had 30 staff. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. the reason why we don't have 37 anymore is because I'm not great at managing people. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, at least you know your strengths and your weaknesses. Oh, yeah. Everybody's my friend. I'm like, man, right. you was late. All right, bro, just don't be late tomorrow. Right. I didn't want to be that person. You know what I'm saying? So. My sister manages people. She's the warehouse manager, and she yeah. ain't like me. Oh, she owned that. Man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but I'm not, I'm not the best management of people. I, yeah. that's, not what my, that's not what my talents lie. That's real. Um, but self-awareness is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm self-aware, I know that. But um, so, yeah, we, we did that. Uh, we have a fulfillment center, which is now somebody makes, ships, and does everything for us. So I don't have to manage anybody outside of my uh, lead team, which is me, Justin, and my sister, and my mom, who runs our nonprofit. So now we have four to five people on our team directly. Okay. Now we have people outside of our team. We have our uh, financial advisor. We have all those people, but they're not like support. They they have other clients as well. Right, right, right. Um, So up to date, uh, I think the first year we really took off. So we we, we technically started like three years ago. 2018 is technically when we started. We started in 2012 when I was in college. Right. But I didn't take it seriously until 2018. Okay. First year, I think we did like a million dollars. Um. And that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember me and Justin having a conversation of like, man, what if we can make 5000 a month? I remember that conversation. Like, we were like dreaming to make 5000 a month. Uh, mind you, me and Justin were both working for Tyler Perry. So we both quit our job at Tyler Perry to do support by colleges full time because we felt like we, we could blow it up. So we took a risk and a leap of faith. And obviously, the results paid off year one. We did yeah. about a million dollars. The next year, which was uh, 2019, 2020, last year, yeah. we did about $4.8 million, something along that lines. And that was unreal. Yeah. So we did, so we, 
Part of that was our Black Friday. Yeah. We did we did a million dollars in two days. In two days. In two days. I was like, put me on this camera. <laughs> two million dollars in two days. No, one million. One million in two days. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. One million <laughs> in two days. Yeah. yeah, one million in two days. And well, some people won't even make that in what, 15 years? Yeah. It's gonna take them 15 years to make one million dollars. If they making fifty thousand dollars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A year. It was crazy because I told Justin I wanted to make a million dollars. Yeah. And he was like, why, man? I was like, I just want to make a million dollars. I just, that's, that's, that was my goal. I didn't know why that number worked for me, but that's just what I wanted. Right. And um, the first day, so we started Black Friday on like Wednesday, we had did like 200,000. The next day we had done like 300,000. And on Black Friday, we had did like four or 500,000. And so that Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, it kind of dropped off because I'm like, oh, we good. Like, Whatever. On Cyber Monday, we did buy one, get one free hoodies. And that's when we like. It just went crazy. It went nuts. I'll never do that again, by the way. So You'll never do it again? Never. The, for Black Friday. Well, now, now we have a fulfillment center, maybe. Because okay. that worked. That worked. So we, yeah. we, so we sold 34,000 items. And it totaled to 15,000 orders. Were y'all printing everything yourselves? Everything. You were doing everything? Yeah. So just a quick lesson, not to get too far off of the no, success. Let's go. Let's talk about it. It's important because a lot of times we ask for the success and we ask for things, but we're, we're not actually prepared for it. Ooh. Right? So oh, listen. So I'm like, I want a million dollars, but I didn't understand the work that came with a million dollars of money. Right, right, right. And so 34,000 items and 15,000 orders with even 30 people who are not all super efficient is a lot. We didn't we didn't end up shipping out all the orders until probably the 1st of February. Oh, so you had some people upset. Oh man. Oh man, I thought we were going to close. I thought it was going to shut down. Are you serious? <laughs> Did yeah. you have refunds because you took so Oh long? yeah, a lot of refunds. A lot of refunds. We 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 didn't have more than $20,000 worth of refunds. Okay, okay. But um it was a lot of transparency. Because what I didn't tell you is the week before Black Friday, our warehouse actually flooded. So we lost about twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of merchandise already. Corey, you talking good. <laughs> I didn't even I forgot about that. So what I hear you saying is, and I want people to hear this, I think everyone says, I gotta make a million dollars, I gotta make two million dollars, I wanna be wealthy, I wanna be rich. Do you have the systems in place man. to sustain what you're asking for? Exactly. And for me as a spiritual man, I always ask myself, well, if I haven't made a million dollars yet, mm -hmm. it's because God is he already knows you're not prepared for that yet. Exactly. Because there's a lot of to whom much is given, mm -hmm. much is required. No, for sure. You're going to get a million dollars worth of merchandise. Mm -hmm. You need to have the systems in place exactly right. to make that happen. And it sounds like uh, you all had to really go over and beyond. Man, we had to do triple the work because our systems weren't in place. And on top of that, you know, I always feel like everything happens for a reason, right? Okay. So okay. the week before, we were in another warehouse, and it flooded. Me and Justin were in uh, North Carolina doing this. I forgot why we were there. Mm. I think we were doing homecoming or something. I don't know what we were doing. Mm. And one of our people that went to the warehouse, I guess he had forgot something. He was like, y'all, it's flooded in here. It was like, this is at nighttime. It had been raining in Atlanta a lot, but like not enough to flood. Like mm -hmm. Our warehouse got flooded. So me and Justin came back the next day, and all, one thing we learned was don't put your merchandise on the floor, first right, of all. Right. We had a lot of uh, regular boxes, and they were all soaking wet at the bottom. So like I said, we lost about $20,000 worth of merchandise. Um, but you know what? I kind of, when it happened, I was like, well, one, we need a new warehouse because this is not going to work. Yeah. So we got a new warehouse. Like In between that week and the week of Black Friday, we moved our warehouses completely. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but I'm like, yo, I asked God for a million dollars. I prayed for it, and I'm like, yo, we should do this, and something bad happened. Mm. So when that happened, I was like, I know we're about to make a million dollars. I knew, I knew we were about to make a million dollars because something happened. And he, I was like, he tested me and trying to see if I'm really about this life. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm really about it. Like yeah. we got moved in. We, uh, we talked to our manufacturer. Can you get us this stuff again? And this is not, let's negotiate prices. I know this is not fair to y'all, but for us, we already lost the money. Da da da. So we ended up, um, Getting an order of stuff that obviously didn't come out um, by Black Friday, but it came not too long after. Okay. And uh, we were able to think about some marketing strategies, how we're going to sell this, how we're going to do this. And it made us really lock in and prepare for the million dollar weekend. 
And so I think because that happened, we were able to, okay, cool. We really still about this. We want to do it. We were able to focus and figure out, okay, what do we need? What are the three or four things that we really need to focus on and leave all the other stuff away so that we can make this million dollars? So we made the million dollars. And then, like I said, the systems weren't in place on the back end. So it was a lot of like, all right, now how do we fulfill all these orders or like make people happy at least? Yeah. So I'm trying to like, okay, well, we don't have black, but would you like to do a navy blue? I don't have this. Would you like? And I'm like, all right, well, let me give you two extra hoodies on this. And then we'll like, we were really doing a lot of that. And, um, you know, as a black owned business, unfortunately, when you're doing wrong, everybody want to talk about you. Absolutely. Um, and right. so it was a lot of that. And I just kept, I started having to go live more and show my face and, yeah. hey, my name's Corey. I'm, I'm the CEO. And I like really had to embrace what was going on. Like, look, this is the warehouse. This is what's going on. As you can see, there's 15 people in here literally packing orders all day. All day. We had a day shift, a night shift. Um, so long story short, we ended up getting out of that. But um, that was one thing. So we had the million dollar weekend. Um, we've had a lot of celebrities, the baby, little baby, Gunna, Young Thug. Um, I mean, you name it, Tisha Campbell, even Marcel, the brat. Yeah. I mean, the amount of celebrities that support us and influencers is next level. It's crazy. Um, I, I like to pride myself on being really good at influencer marketing. Yeah. Um, our first influencer was Tiana Taylor. Yeah. I, I waited four hours for her at a, uh, at a club called the Howard Theater in DC that I threw parties at previously. I waited for her four hours outside her, her VIP to get her some merchandise. I got her merchandise at the end of the night, and uh, it ended up making about $40,000 off of that one post that she posted. One that was the post. first influencer we ever had, and that's so, what I was like. So it, just, it wasn't off of her one post that she posted. It was off of your four, four hours worth of patience and just yeah. being diligent after your own vision and mission. For sure. It was, it was obviously she helped, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I always tell people because influencer marketing is what I specialize in. Yeah. And I tell people that, you know, everybody wants a celebrity to glisten the glam, but a lot of them don't want to do the work that comes before getting that person. Yeah. So first you have to have a good product. A lot of people's product is just not good. Right. Let's just call it what it is. Yes. And I tell a lot of these people who come to me for help, oh, I gave it to so-and-so, but they didn't post. And I'm like, let me see your product. And I'm like, I know why they didn't post. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm going to use an example that I always uh -oh. give on my live, and people don't like this. Uh -oh. But I keep it 100 just because okay. that's what just I keep it have to do. Yeah. People think, well, I always tell my, my students this, every idea is not a business. Okay. Because people think, because something's a good idea, it might be a good idea, yes, but that doesn't need to be a clothing line. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I always tell people, like, all right, think about the first time you put ketchup and mustard on a hot dog. And you're like, I like ketchup and I like mustard. And together, I'm like, ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that doesn't need to be a business, right? Right. So, <laughs> so, so you don't have to. So, so I'll give you an example of somebody. They'll they'll take ketchup and they'll say, can take mustard and put it on a sandwich or take put it on a hot dog, and then they'll be like, I'm gonna start a clothing line, and it's gonna be called custard. Ketchup and mustard. And I'm going to do it because when you put two things together and it intertwines and it makes, that's how people think. That's how I've had students. <laughs> seriously. I'm like, I can't make this up. Oh, man. And I'm like, bro, that is the dumbest thing. Dumbest thing ever. Oh, and man. That's the number one reason why influencers don't wear people's stuff. It's because their brand is, it just, it's cool for you, but you don't need to sell this. Right, 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 right. Right? right. So I use that custard example because it's so dumb, but it, it relates to a lot of things that I've heard. Yeah. And so um, so that's one reason. But two, people don't know how to inter interact and have conversation with the person mm -hmm. once they do get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people like in the moment try to get some merch to, let's just say, Tiana Taylor, mm -hmm. and they asked him for pictures first. Are you here to get a picture? Or are you here to get the merch out? Right. I'm, I'm doing merch. I'm building. I'm talking about what I'm doing. I'm talking about what you're doing that yeah. relates to what I'm doing because I did my research already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm talking to Tiana Taylor, I know she loves fashion. Yeah. I know she loves music. I know she loves dance. I know she's a creative. Yeah. I know you're doing this with, with the creatives. I know you're doing this in New York. And actually, we're doing something similar to that with the colleges. Yeah, yeah. I'm making it tie in. And then I'm saying, this belongs to you. So um, influencer marketing is something that really drove our business to like, from like being just a regular clothing line to it support black colleges that everybody wears. Yeah. And I've spent, if I had to put it in a time frame, I've probably spent over three to 400 hours waiting versus, you know, 75 posts. Um, if I had to guess, wow. there's been many times, I remember one story, uh, Meg Stallion came to um, one theater out here to perform. Yeah. I waited outside her dressing room for four or five hours the night before Essence Fest. Mind you, my team's in the warehouse packing for Essence Fest because we leave the next day. 
And she ends up never coming to the dressing room. I put, I, I found a way to sneak into the dressing room, relationships. I knew the guy, one of the guys at the door, which led me to her dressing room door. And I have pictures on my phone of literally me in her dressing room like this. Like I put, I set it up. Ciroc was the, um, the sponsor. And yeah. I set my stuff up in between the Ciroc stuff because I knew that she would go to that area. Right. Um, and I waited there and I ended up having to leave because it was just taking too long. It was 1 a.m. She still hadn't got there. Right. I was there since like seven or eight o'clock. Wow. And so um, I ended up leaving. She ended up, they, they told me, oh, she never came to the dressing room. She never got the stuff, but uh, somebody else took the stuff, right? So I ended up waiting five hours, six hours for nothing. Somebody took the stuff, and I never got myself to make a stallion. So there's so many stories like that they that did, happen yeah. that nobody see. Yeah. Um, but then they'll see me, you know, I end up getting little Baby some stuff. Little Baby, uh, little Baby, Gunna, G Herbo, and Young Thug I got all in the same night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that was about, about four or five-hour wait yeah. slash finesse slash yeah. maneuver slash getting people drinks like i'm yeah. talking about like i was you put in the work though i was in there i was yeah. really i was really in there serving my way to success wow and so uh you know it's just things like that that happen but i think it's extremely important having a good product patience and knowing how to really talk and communicate once you get that opportunity then the rest is up to them you can't force anybody to post unless you're paying them and 99 percent of people that post for us we don't pay hey tribe i need y'all to tag meg the stallion Come on now. Tell her that uh, Support Black Colleges was patiently waiting. And there's some <laughs> merchandise with her name on it. Yes, it is. Tag her on this video. Tag her on Instagram. Tag her all over the place. Uh, because we got to support our black colleges. That's Man, cool. that's crazy. And she went to HBCU. She just graduated. She just graduated. Texas Southern. Yeah, Texas so Southern. So it's only right. I mean, she, she's an educated, beautiful she educated. woman. Come on now. Shabba <laughs> 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 Make the style. No, <laughs> Yo, we just now tuned in, man. Welcome back to the table. It's your boy Anthony O'Neill. And today I'm joined uh by my boy. Uh he he is becoming a legend, especially on this online business space and especially in the influencer uh marketing space. Uh Corey, who is the uh co-owner of uh Support Black Colleges. Uh don't forget, you guys, before we get back into today's show, I want to remind you that you know, as you're out here making money, as you're out here building your businesses, as you're out here. Uh, doing your thing, don't forget the key thing to really building wealth is creating margin. How do we create margin? We save. You got to save money. And so my partners um, over there at Prize Pool have the number one savings account in my personal opinion. I use them every single month. Um, I, that's where I part my emergency fund. I'm actually about to move and I'm actually uh, saving up money to purchase new furniture. So I'm parking my money over there. But here's what I love about prize pool is that they're going to give you 0.30%, which is like 6.5 times higher than the average savings account in America. It's FDIC insured. And check this out. This is why I love them. Because let's just say, for an example, you put $10,000 into the savings account. Well, not only are they going to give you 0.30%, but they're going to give you 10,000 tickets to go towards a grand prize that they pull every single month for like $10,000 or $15,000. Or every week they're giving out 100 bucks, 200 bucks. Like you can walk away with some extra cash and never lose your actual savings account. So I want you to go check them out. Click the link in the show description. Uh, check it out. Try it out. Put $500 over there. You may win like 50 bucks just for being a part of prize pool. But I want to get back to today's show and I want to dive in because we have this guy who has built an amazing business that I love, that I support. Um, and, and I want to now go into some deeper, deep dive things. OK, because I want you got inspired. Now, let's get to the practical. You said something, um, uh, Corey, and, and, and you was like, hey, you got to have a game plan. You know, you got to really be strategic about what you're doing. Let's talk about the e-commerce business. Why is that so, why is it popping right now? Like, why is everyone jumping online to start a course, to do an online business boutique, um, to, to do something online? Why is that so hot right now? Yeah, I think it's hot because you can reach millions of people just from your cell phone. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to speak at a conference of 4,000. I can get on live and see 4,000 people. Come on. You know, I think it's just so easy to be accessed through social yeah. and things like TikTok and Instagram, you can put one post up and it can literally change your life. Absolutely. So I think that people have seen that and like, well, how can I make money and monetize off of the people that I reach? Okay. And so um, I think that's just why. And then with COVID, obviously you couldn't shop in person. Yep. Like you had to shop online. And it's so funny because 
I didn't know how our business would be affected by COVID. I had no clue. I'm like, I mean, you don't need our clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if we're being honest, you don't need them. So, you know, it was funny that we had the biggest year ever because of COVID. I mean, literally, we just did what we did, what we do always, which is put out social content. Yeah. And a lot of times for us, we don't actually sell our clothes on our page. We only just inform and give information to our people. So, like, we talk about HBCU news. We talk about, oh, this school just got a million dollars. We talk about this is happening in the HBCU space, and we just educate, educate, educate. So, where you have to follow us to get information, and then you might slide in a post about our yeah, clothes. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's secondary to like us being an information hub. Yeah. So, people always ask about our company. I say, well, we're really a media company who sells clothes Ooh. because all we do is put out media. We post four times a day. So, you're informing and educating, which is, yep. which is kind of, kind of like bringing them in. Yep. And then when they, when, they, when they come in, hey, check out this. We got clothes. Got. Look, like you love our platform. You love what we stand for. We, we give money back to our schools. We give scholarships. Like, and we just happen to have a few shirts if you like them. You associated your brand with the mission, it seems like. Exactly. It's all about the mission. Like, it, it's, it's about the impact. Like, I always talk about impact over income. It's yeah. about the impact. So I want, like, I don't want to make a million dollars. I want to touch a million people. <laughs> Like that, say that, say that again, bro. Say, <laughs> say that again. I don't want to make a million dollars. I want to impact a million people. That will eventually make you a million dollars. Not easily. That makes you way more than a million dollars. <laughs> if I could, if I could impact a million people, come on, man. Our average order value is seventy five dollars. So imagine impacting a million, a million people versus just trying to get a million dollars. So we focus on the impact, and then everything else we let it, we let we let it do for ourselves. Like it, it it'll, it'll do what it has to do. So um, that's what we've really been focused on, and you know, um, providing information first and selling later. You know, it's so funny, Corey. You said that you focus on impacting a million people rather than focusing on making a million dollars. And my thing is, I want to be impactful and influential, mm-hmm. and allow the impact and the influence to generate income. Exactly. Exactly. For my business to pay my team exactly. and, and to pay my family to build wealth, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't. That wasn't always the case for me. Mm-hmm. I chased money, mm-hmm. and I noticed when I chased money, I found myself in a lot more trouble. Because mm-hmm. I would lie to get the money, I would mislead to get the money, mm-hmm. I would overpromise to get the money. And then now in this season that I'm in, now it's like, man, just help people. Help people get out of debt. Help people start businesses. Mm-hmm. Help people just really share their message. Yep. You know, and then in that process, yep. we will be blessed in the back end every time. Every. Like when I, as I got into like this teaching and coaching space, I hate to say I'm a coach or I like I, I teach because I really. But just, you should though. You got info. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just giving out the info that nobody told me. Honestly. Right, 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 right. Because right, coming right. up in, the, in my business, there were so many things I didn't know, and we lost hundreds of thousand dollars on. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if I could save this company from not losing that money, then you know we'll have a lot of more entrepreneurs who look yeah. like me. Yeah. And so um, I just think that is important to. Really be about what you say you're about. Yeah. And so I said, my brand can't be called supported by colleges. I'm not giving no money to the yeah. colleges. Yeah. My brand can't be called supported by colleges. I'm not actually in person. Yeah. I'm not doing pop-ups. I'm not tapped in with the culture. Like, I have to actually live what I say I'm about. And so when we really focused on that, everything else kind of fell into place. And that. when COVID hit, we were like, okay, cool. The brand might not be necessary, but then, like, a little while later, George Floyd had passed away, got killed. I'm not going to say by the way, he got killed. Killed. And we made a shirt called Support Black Lives. Mm. And same logo, it just said Support Black, and then it said Lives. And this was a brown color tone. Did, but, uh, Breakfast Club, didn't Angela, didn't she Angela have one on? She just had a Support Black Vegan shirt on. Yes. Which is another collab we did. That's another collab. Yeah, so oh. I'll talk about that one. Okay. Uh, but Support Black Lives, um, so George Floyd got killed. That same day, I'm like, yo, we got to do something. I'm like, I don't know what we have to do, but we got to do something. So me and Justin and Tierra talked about it. And we're like, yo, let's put out a shirt and let's change our logo to say support black lives. And on the back, we had a quote um, by Desmond Tutu. And it was one of those things where, see, a lot of people think you need a lot of money to start a brand or to put out product. We had we had the money, but we didn't have any product in hand. Mm-hmm. So I went on, um, there's a uh, website. Um, what's the website called? Oh, I just, placeit.net. Okay. okay. Placeit.net. You can get high quality mock-ups. And so we did, we put the logo on the shirt. We put the uh, quote on the back and we put it live on our site next day. Made $100,000 on one shirt and didn't have any product. Literally, it was like, look, this is what's going on in the world. We're doing this, and we're going to give part of the funds to families that suffer from police brutality. So we put a cause, a mission behind it, and we were the first to act on 
supporting the cause. And that shirt made us literally $100,000 in less than 24 hours. Less than 24 hours. Yeah. All right. So before we end the show, someone watching right now, mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, cool. I'm inspired. I even got some information. What are the first three things that this person watching us right now, mm-hmm. um, they have an idea, but in your opinion, this 25-year-old, just okay. graduated from college, sitting with about $100,000 of student loan debt, Oof. but they have something up here in their head. And they're like, yo, I, I got something up here. Mm-hmm. What is the, you can't give them everything. Right. What are the <laughs> first three things they need to be doing right now to start generating, yeah. to start heading down the path that you're going? Um, the first thing I would say is understanding your why. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are just doing things to make money and that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. If you're like having a brand or a business just to make money, yeah. it's not good enough. Yeah. Like, money is the motive, but it shouldn't be the motivation. Yeah. So your motive could be to make money, but your motivation for doing it shouldn't be that. So understanding your why. So the why I do support by colleges is so that I can educate as many people as possible on black colleges. I didn't want to be the person that could have missed out on something that literally changed my life yeah, yeah. because of lack of information. So that's Ooh. my why. So your why has to be strong enough for you to carry it through and see it through and not quit when it gets hard and not forget about where you came from when it gets really good. So first is knowing, understanding your why. Secondly, developing a product that the masses want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and when I say the masses, I mean the masses within your niche because you should niche down. So you should try to appeal to as many people, but in a target demographic. So mine is obviously HBCU people. Right. But because it's called support black colleges, you don't have to go to HBCU to support us. Ah. So people are like, oh, I didn't go to HBCU. Can I wear it? I'm like, well, do you support it? Support it? it? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, this is for you. Yeah. But I'm a niche brand, but I appeal to the masses. Yeah. That is like extremely key to, to being successful. And the third thing I would say is have a plan that you are not afraid to go for with a lot of risk, right? So what I mean by that is a lot of people are playing it safe and then wonder why their business is not growing. Mm. Like you're being very safe. Oh, okay, well, let me just buy five shirts and then I'll sell five and now I'll try 10. Like, but then what happens is, is like, what if somebody needs 20 shirts now and you only made five because you, you being scary? Like, take a lot of risk, calculate a risk now. Don't just go out doing wild stuff. Right. Calculate a risk. So you do a pre-sale launch and I, I'm, I'm huge for pre-sale. Um, do a pre-sale where you do a high quality mock-up. Yep. You, you, you put it on a, a person via Photoshop and then you put out content as if people are actually wearing it. And then you drive traffic to that content of people wearing it. Yes. Maybe you get one influencer, you pay one micro or whatever influencer to actually wear it, and then you drive the uh, the people to the website and, and uh, collect data and, you know, get sales. Yeah. So I would say between finding your why um, and understanding, like, why you're actually doing something, yeah. um, I would say appeal to the masses, but within a niche, you know, target demographic, and then also just take highly, highly calculated risk. Take a lot of risk. If you do those things, I think that you could have a successful brand. You know, my mentor, actually here in Atlanta, Pastor Darius Daniels um, in his... Um, he wore some of our stuff. Yeah, he does. He really does. Solid guy. Uh, he says, if your why doesn't make you cry, then the price of commitment mm. will make you cry. Mm, so it's important good. to really dive deep into your why. Mm. The why can't be, I want to make a million dollars. It can't be. It's, it's not going to make you cry. You be. know, um, everyone asks me, Anthony, why, why, why do you do what you do? Why do you promote no debt, financial freedom, ownership? If I really started talking about that why right now, I would cry. Yeah. You know, and that why keeps me going. Mm-hmm. When everyone tells me, well, you got to have a credit card. Well, cool. That's what you want. But I want to teach a different a different route. Mm-hmm. And so my why fuels me. So I, I thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, for sure. Then the third thing is so true that, you know, don't allow your comfort zone to become your kill zone. Yeah, it will be. Because it will. So if you're only saying, well, I'm, I'm going to do what's comfortable, five shirts, because mm-hmm. I have that money. Well, not you need to stretch yourself. Calculate it though. Yeah. You know, don't go out there and do something that you know there's no way it can happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But stretch yourself to the point where you know if I bust my butt, I know I can get to a hundred, but I'm gonna need God to give me 120. Exactly. And and my philosophy is I'm gonna pray like it all depends on him, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna work like it all depends on me. That's exactly what you gotta do. And the faith part is God, I'm gonna do me. Mm-hmm. But God, you gotta come through. 
That, that's exactly what it is. Because what happens is when you get to the point of desperation, you become way more creative. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when you have like, hey, yo, if I don't sell these last five shirts, I can't pay my rent. Oh, yeah. you're going to sell them five shirts. Absolutely. And then you're going to realize that that should be a norm, not something that you just maybe hope for. This yeah, is yeah. the norm. I can sell a hundred shirts. Yeah, yeah. But because I've only been printing five, that well, my, my thought process is, well, once I sell five, I've I'm successful. Yeah, yeah. But really, you had a hundred shirts in you, but you didn't give you a chance. You didn't give yourself a chance to, to meet that because you you weren't taking any risk. So I think that's definitely important. Man, last question, and then I'll let you go, man. And then I'm gonna ask you like some more questions just for the Patreon people. If y'all wanna, you know what I'm saying, get these, I'm gonna ask him, what am I gonna ask you in there, bro? I'm gonna ask you, oh, how do you make your product stand out? The pits, the pitfalls of building a brand, how to avoid them, mm-hmm. and watch this: how to get celebrities to use your product. So, if you want to get those little questions, uh, you might want to go join my Patreon crew uh, because he's going to answer those just over there. But real quick, for 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 my YouTube family and for the podcast family, um, social media is a very powerful tool. Yes, it is. and bro, you have so like support black colleges social media channel has gone viral. How do we do that as influencers and as people? Like, how do we take our products and really ut- utilize social media the correct way yeah. to build the business? There's a few ways to do it. I'll give you just a few quick ones. Okay. Um, one, we post four times a day. Okay. So we post 9 a.m., 1 p.m., 5 p.m., and 9 p.m. You got a strategic plan. Every single day. Every single day. Every Saturdays single day. and Sundays. Every day. It doesn't matter. My team is working every single day. Okay. I would say that 85% of that content is user-generated content. It's content we don't make ourselves. Oh. About 85%, which means, like, if there's a a trend that's trending currently, Mm -hmm. we'll just put the trend on our page, and then we'll use it for our HBC community. So, for instance, there was a time where people were doing the, she's a runner, she's a track star, that song. And people were just running and just, just doing stupid stuff. That was trending. Yeah. So what we did was we say, We'll, we'll put the, the same video that's trending up and then when the caption will be something like how you run to the financial aid building when you want, when you're, when your refund check hits. Yeah. Something like that. But is, is their content? We're just repurposing it to fit our audience. That's how we were able to grow so much. We'll have videos like that that do half a million views. Wow. And it's like, I didn't do anything but add text to the top of it. I just, <laughs> that's it. But that, Eventually turns into people who are like, oh, let me look at the rest of their videos. And then right. they see everything else is trending. And they see that, oh, oh, I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know this person went to HBC. And now we have to be part of our community. So we're posting a lot, but we're posting other people's stuff. And then people are like, well, won't people get mad that you're using their videos? Your video got half a million views, which means you probably got some followers. Absolutely. You got some attention that you wanted. That was the purpose of you doing it when Absolutely. we tag you. It's not like we don't tag the person. Right. Um, and so that that makes people do things in our, in our shirts. Yeah. So a lot of people do these trending things in our clothes without us even having to. Facts. We don't send them the clothes. They are doing it willingly because they want to get posted. Right. So that's one way to do it. Um, and then I would also say you have to be interactive with your audience. That's so true. So we're like in the comments saying, oh, yeah, that's dope. Oh, this is funny. Oh, you silly for that. Like stuff like that. We'll pin some comments. And then on top of that, like when we're about to release product, we'll be like, all right, guys, we're going to either release A or B. Which one should we release? Mm. And in my head, I know which one I want to do, mm-hmm. but I want them to feel like they're part of that process. And then when the voting is over, most of the time, they choose what I wanted anyways. And I'll say, all right, so 85% of you said, let's choose A, or we're running with A. Mm. Now they feel like I helped them choose this product. I got to buy it. I was the one that said I wanted to do it. And so uh, those are a few tips to, to win on social media. Just keep everybody engaged, user-generated content, and then post often. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, I'm posting one a day, once a week. You do realize that while you're posting once a day, People like the share we're posting 12 times a day and people are seeing that every time you open your phone, you see them. Boom, boom, boom. boom. And when you're, when I'm always in your mind, that means that I have a better chance of you buying from me because I'm just always there. Listen, y'all, I mean, I can't give you all this stuff for free. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, this guy is a legend. Uh, he is a young guy uh, who has built a multi-million dollar business. Uh, I have the receipts. I've seen the receipts. The man is, he's a general in the space. So I would encourage you all, number one, uh, follow him, follow him, follow support black colleges, go get the gear. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're white, Hispanic or black. If you support, uh, African Americans and HBCUs, if you want to see us, uh, be successful, our kids be successful, your kids' friends or some of your friends be successful. Yo, go over to support black colleges, buy it. 
rocket supported. That's that's number uh, two or three. I forgot what number I was on. Uh, but then also, um, Corey, where can they find out more information about you? Yeah. Um, do you have a course that you're you know teaching how to start e-commerce business? Do you have a book? What's some of that information? Yeah, so they can find me. My social media is just my name, Corey Arvinger. Okay. It was Mr. Arvinger, but I, somebody told me something really funny. They said if I changed my profile picture, they wouldn't be able to find my page. Yeah. Which is, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna make it my name. So yeah. it's just Corey Avenger. And I did write a book last year, my birthday. I released it on my birthday. Okay. I got, I get these questions every day how to do this, how to do this, how to do this. So I was right. like, I'm just gonna package all the information, put it into a book, and it's gonna walk you from step A to Z on how to start an e commerce brand and scale it to six figures. So cool. it's called The 29 Laws to a Seven Figure E Commerce Business. I did okay. it on my 29th birthday. There you go. Um, and it just gives you, it's, it's like a 95 page ebook. Yeah. Very little pictures. A lot of information. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to really you have to really dig in. So you can find it on my website, CoreyAvenger.com. Right. Um, yeah. Yo, I'm gonna link it in the show description. I'm gonna link the book. Get the book, y'all. Uh, go support the book. And I'm telling you right now, it will bless you tremendously. Yo, it's been a great day here at the table in the beautiful city of Atlanta. Um, it's a it's a different look, but I mean the content, the vibe is still the same. And we'll be right back next week. See y'all next week. Peace out.